Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucksters? What the fuck nicks? What the fuck nears? What the fuck buddies? Nice to be in your head. Uh, I appreciate you welcoming me into your brain uh, in a very direct and immediate fashion, usually. Today on the show, uh, uh, Sir Nick Frost is here. <laughs> Sir Nick, yeah, he's not a sir. Nick Frost is here. Uh, I know many of you know him from his uh, his partnership with Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, both of whom have been on this show. Uh, he's going to be in this, uh, he's got a new animated film, The Box Trolls, uh, opens uh, in theaters this Friday on the 26th. The day before my birthday, the day before my birthday is the 27th. And I, during at my birthday, I will be at L.A. Podfest. That's right. You can get the package deal. You can do all kind. You know, come down. There's a lot of podcasts. I'm going to be appearing on the Aisha Tyler's podcast on that Friday, the 26th. I'll be doing a podcast on Saturday, the 27th, my birthday. You can actually go to LAPodfest.com. And if you click on the live link, it will allow you to buy a weekend stream to see the festival. And I believe there's still tickets available. You can go to LAPodfest.com and get all that stuff. I'm going to be doing, who's on my show so far? Shelby Farrow. Whitney Cummings, Amber Preston, Desi Jadakin. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Maybe one other person, but uh, that should be fun. My niece is going to be in town. I'm happy to have her out for my birthday and uh, with a a full agenda of things to do uh, that I think a 15-year-old from Phoenix will enjoy. So there's a lot going on, man. I got to do a podcast. I got. I guess I'm just blowing through this birthday. But we'll celebrate. We'll celebrate together at LA Podfest. What else do I have happening? Oh, I'd really like you to come if you're in the Bay Area. The uh, the Litquake event I'm doing is going to be a blast. I'm going to be uh, in San Francisco uh, doing a, it's uh, their title attempting normal Mark Marin in conversation. It's at the Z Space, but you can just go to litquake.org and uh, get some seats. I, I believe there's still some seats left. It's a 7 p.m. show. And Jack Bulware, the fellow who, uh, who's going to be in conversation with me, we, him and I go way back. He's an old friend. He's a writer in his own right. Uh, he's been a great friend to me. He's been to both my weddings, and he's had a falling out with me as well. But it was not a big one. It was just one of those ones where it's like, are we cool? Yeah, we're cool. Oh, I didn't know if we were cool. Yeah, we are. So so it won't be tense, but uh, it'll be fun, and we'll do a Q&A. And I enjoy uh, doing those type of live events. I like talking to the audience. I like people to ask me things that make me think on my feet. Not unlike what happened at the Trippany House show the other night. I know what's going on. I know some of you come to those shows regularly. I know many of you have seen me over and over again when I workshop this material. And I know also that some of that material is stuff I'm going to be doing because that's part of the work. And I know some of you guys have seen it, but I'll do other stuff, especially if you let me know how many of you have been there. Then I feel guilty. But I'll be at the Trippany House um, September 23rd and September 30th. I think Nate Bargetzi is going to be doing both of those shows with me. And then October 14th, I think the uh, the uh, irreplaceable, uh, unique Ryan Singer will be with me on October 21st. I don't believe I have an opener for that show yet. But uh, those are all happening. You can go to WTFPod.com to the calendar and, and get links to that. There, there, It's an $8 ticket. There's plenty of parking. It's a very small space, very intimate. And uh, things happen. Things happen that'll never happen again. Not out of choice, but just the way it goes. Sometimes I prefer that for some reason. Monkey uh, was acting weird yesterday. I, You know, it's like, it always happens. He was acting weird. I, I don't know what's going on. You know, I've been very fortunate. Both my cats, the ones that are still with us. Boomer lives, by the way. 
Uh, I don't know where Deaf Black Cat is. I, I have no fucking idea. Uh, I don't know where any of the animals are. I don't know where the skunk smell was coming from. I didn't I didn't see them. They didn't seem to reveal themselves. Where are all my animals? I guess it's just too fucking hot. Too hot. Too hot for the animals. But Monkey, I don't know what, what's going on, and I get nervous. He's acting twitchy. Like, these cats, as they're getting older, are getting very needy. Not, not in a physical, like, ill way, but just you're getting sort of softer. They're getting a little... I don't know. These were these were feral cats, but you know I'm starting to think, man. I always thought that my cats were like twitchy and nervous and amped up because they were feral. Because they were when I got them, but they were just barely feral. But for years they've just been like completely nuts, barely touchable for a long time, and now they're both really sort of warm. But they're just completely uh, skittish. And uh, I got to be honest with you, along with some of the inner work I'm doing, I'm finding that uh, I might be responsible for that. If, if, if you were around me all day long with, with my volatility and my overreacting to things, I think I might have done that to my cats. And now I'm sort of being more aware because I've always thought that I'm not really a cat guy. Uh, I'm certainly not a dog guy, but I, I like cats a lot. I love them. But uh, I'm a little, uh, a little anxious, a little jumpy. And sure enough, they're, they're both fucking jumpy. So now I'm trying to be nice around the cats and just relax because I, you know, I want them to have a nice uh, retirement. But a monkey just has been going at his dick lately, and I, I don't know what's going on. Like he, the other night, I fed him some chicken and uh, some nice roasted chicken, and then he went to the litter box and he came back out and he started making weird noises that he doesn't make. He's not a very noisy cat, though he's a little noisier lately. He just started going, and he just started like attacking his own cock. And uh, I thought, like, oh, great, there's something, there's something fucked up with monkey. Yeah, maybe he's just excited about the chicken. You know, sometimes I eat things and I just want to, yeah, I want to go at my dick too. I mean, sometimes, like, you get a bowl of ice cream or a nice piece of cake, and you know, right after it, you're like, well, you want to make noises, and just like, oh, yum, oh my god, and just pull your dick out and go at it. Can't lick my own dick, but I've felt that urge before, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if it happens again, and and just you know sort of uh, write it off as uh, just overly excited about having some nice chicken is why he gave himself head. But I don't know. We'll see. He seems okay today. He's been spending a lot of time under the bed, but not doesn't seem sick. Just a, a little noisy and uh, sort of uh, going at his own dick occasionally. I've seen more cat dick lately than I, than I like to admit because uh, it's, you, you know, it's not something you're used to seeing. You know, dog dicks, you know, you, they're, they're just there. They're just out and dog balls and, you know, dog, dog boners. But... Every time you see a cat dick, you're like, oh my God, that's, you just have that hidden? That's all, it, I, I didn't even assume that that was even in there. You know, sometimes, you know, because I've done some, some talk radio in my, in my day, back in the day, did a little uh, lefty talk, a little political talk, and, uh, and also because I'm a comic and I, and I do have a certain honesty to me, though it's specific uh, usually to me in my life. Occasionally, I get people, you know, who you know, will tweet at me or say things like, "How come you're not uh, talking about the Israeli-Palestinian thing? How come you're not talking? Where, where, where's your commentary on Ferguson? What's going? Wh- I don't hear you uh, talk. You're a vinyl guy, but I don't hear you talking about what throwing vinyl away does to the environment. Where on? Where are you on climate change? Uh, well, right now, I'd like to do a, a segment that I'm improvising. Let's let's call it. Mark addresses world problems. Let's try it. Let's try a segment. All right. So I'll make up the guy who's uh, you know who's all worked up about uh, my my lack of throwing my hat in the ring. So uh, what's going on? How come I don't hear you talking about the uh, Palestinian situation? 
Uh, well, um, it's bad, man. It's bad. Uh, it's bad, and uh, you know, I, I, it's it's a sad situation. And uh, you know, I hope there can be resolution. All right, what about Ferguson again? Uh, fucked up, seriously bad. Uh, sometimes the the racial realities of the country we live in uh, embarrasses me, and um, I, I really hope that 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 gets better and continues to get better. It's bad, bad situation. What about climate change? I'm against it. I'm 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 totally against climate change. Uh, it's again a bad situation. I do what I can. Uh, I, I recycle. I try not to to breathe too much. Um, I have a, a fuel efficient vehicle, but not an electric vehicle. But uh, it's bad. It's it's bad, and it makes me nervous. Um, I don't think I don't think it's going to go haywire completely in my lifetime. But and I don't have kids. But that doesn't mean that I don't care. But it means I care a little less. That's enough, man. I think that's I'm exhausted from that political commentary. I'm exhausted. Maybe I should just call that segment. Uh, oh yeah, it's bad. That's fucked up. So I always, uh, it's always fun for me to talk to British people because I, I'm completely ignorant of exactly what, what goes on over there, what it's like to grow up in Britain. I'm always sort of fascinated by that. I, I romanticize it. Uh, it I'm, I wouldn't say my perception of it is Dickensian, but I would say it's a, it's a mixture of uh, Beatles, um, some information I've gotten, uh, a little bit of Alan Silito, uh, long, Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Was that his name? you know it's just a mixed bag i've spent a couple of weeks in london but and i and i think the the uk in general my experience has been it's it's beautiful and it's old but i don't know a lot so i'm uh, it's always uh, thrilling to me just to talk about what it's like to live in uh, the uk with people from the uk but you know nick frost was very uh, i was i was it was i was thrilled that we had the opportunity to talk to him and and why don't we do that now Must have a knife as well on the desk. Yeah, I, I want to have that there just in case it kicks off. I never know what the hell. Like sometimes people play with shit. I, I just have stuff there, and it just keeps building. Yeah, seems the popular thing. That thing seems to get some attention. This? No, the uh, squeezy, muscly. Thing. Oh yeah. I don't even know what those are called. Were they like a yeah a hand exercise or yeah yeah a wanking machine? Yeah, the wanking machine, <laughs> the the power wank machine. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so how long you been in L.A., Nick? Uh, I've been in here, uh, well, in LA since Tuesday night. Yeah. And how's it going? Good. Really nice. Do you like coming here? I do like coming here. Yeah. I had a terrible night last night. I was up at, at like 2.30. Yeah. And then I just thought, well, can I swear? Yeah, of course. Thought, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to stay awake. So yeah. then. You've been up all night? Yeah. I've been watching films. I watched a lot of films. I watched like four films already. But you were hanging out with the. You said you were hanging out with Edgar at the chateau. Yes, and then- I managed to get him drunk enough so he'd go <laughs> at a decent time. But he's a he's a, he's a bit of a lightweight. Yeah, he's terrible. Uh, you got, he's a little younger than you too, right? Yeah, I think he's like three or four years younger than me. But I've almost had fights for Edgar before, where he's got so pissed that he's been out of order to the wrong man, and they've wanted to thump him, and then. I've had to step in to say, you know, you can't touch this little fella. <laughs> but he only does it with you, I bet. He knows you got his back. He's yeah. going to start some shit. Yeah. But he, he never got his ass kicked? Uh, I'm sure he has before I arrived. <laughs> I've wanted to a few times. So what are, you at, what are you out here doing this trip? 
well, I'm here with the film Box Trolls. Yeah. Uh, I did like four hours work on it. And then they said, well, why don't you come to the premiere and meet uh, Sir Ben Kingsley? So I was like, yeah, all right. Did you meet Ben Kingsley? No, Saturday we're doing a Q&A and he's, I'm having a dilemma as to what to call him. What are the options? Mr. Kingsley, ben, ben, Sir? Well, my heart as a man to a man says, say Ben. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to say, hey, Ben. And he says, it's Sir Ben. Oh, Because I think I'd have an issue with that. But you, you, would, uh, you wouldn't feel bad? You'd say, who the fuck you think you are? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'd want to say, I think. So I don't recognize your... Anybody can get knighted now, asshole. Yeah. I could buy one online. Yeah. <laughs> Become the Duke of Brighton. It's that easy, man. Yeah, you can actually buy peerages online for that, Britain. Really? Yeah, just like little-known ones that have essentially, you know, the, 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 the lineage has died out and they're just sat there dormant. So you could actually become the Duke of something or, or Earl. I mean, it means nothing. But How much um, does it cost something like that? I, I think it costs a few grand. Yeah. But yeah, there's a famous boxer called Chris Eubank. Yeah. Who was like super middleweight champion of the yeah. world in like the 80s and 90s. He bought he bought one and like he's now like Duke of Brighton, and he drives around in a giant uh, big rig like an eighteen wheeler truck, but just the cap. It, uh, it doesn't say Duke of Brighton on the side. Yeah, I think it does. And wait, I, that's is that a that's sort of a sad indicator of of what's happened, isn't it? I mean, yeah, he might as well have the words "Look at me" written right. on the cab you but know. the fact that you can buy those things i guess the money goes to the township or how does it work there yeah I, mean, I think you become like lord of the people you know and uh you can then take your pick of 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 the women and in the town so it's still kind of old school like oh, that. oh yeah absolutely you can prima nupte isn't it you, <laughs> yeah. you get to sleep with the brides on the first night For a few thousand bucks you get to be a duke go to the town pick a lady what's not to like yeah it sounds great i have a feeling it doesn't work that way though Wait, so okay, so you, Ben Kingsley's a guy, you know, I mean, I grew up watching him, you grew up watching yeah. him. He's a great actor. He is. And why why are you why are you going to be hanging out with Ben Kingsley? Well, it's uh, it's the it's Leica, who are the the guys behind Coraline and Paranorman. Okay. And I think they're they're doing that nice thing that even though they're making animated films, they're doing it stop motion, which is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a chance to see some of the, you know. With like, uh, with clay? Yeah, essentially. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's really. Classic. It's an incredible process. And it takes forever. It does. I think they started it in 1912. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what, do you know, what's your character? I play a man called Trout, who's uh -huh. essentially a, a violent meatbag with a heart of gold. Right. Uh, I'm not sure why they cast me in that role. <laughs> But he, you know, through his work with Ben Kingsley's character, a.k.a. Mr. I think it's Mr. He, he, he starts to question whether or not he's right, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, do, but is this the first time you're meeting Ben? Yeah, on Saturday. And, but so, you've worked with him. For, yeah, our voices have worked together yeah, in the edit suite. Isn't that amazing about, about yeah. that voiceover? Simon's in it too, and, and Elle Fanning is in it. Yeah. And and Sir Ben and um, no, but none of you've met Tracy I've, Morgan is in it. But you've met Simon, obviously. But you, you, it was all solitary work. You were just reading. Yeah, it was just me on my own. Uh, sometimes with a lovely Richard Iowadi, and and that was it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that like you're you're part of a film and you're you know it's opening and you're going to meet the cast now. Yeah, I did Ice Age too, and and so I can probably say I work with Queen Latifah and. <laughs> Yeah, never, never met him. Never met Dennis Leary. That, that's the uh, that's the beauty and the weirdness of doing yeah. animation. It paid for my kitchen overhaul. Yeah, right, I'd never met any of the other actors in it. But what a great ensemble! What a lovely cast! <laughs> it's going to be so awkward in the green room. Well, uh, well, I'm curious to see. Like stop motion is like it is something to see because it's almost like a throwback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys are. Um, 
you know the, the guys that do the wrong trousers and uh, the the park animation down in Bristol in in Britain they do right. they do it and I was fortunate enough to look around their studios and it was it's like a, a universe I imagine yeah like well a, before like where they they each you know each frame they'd move the mouth and it was made of clay oh but God. now they have a thing where they have magnetic clip on mouths oh really so they have a room with like a million mouths in so they can just snap one up take that off put it and and do it that way that seems almost more work it's not apparently not apparently it's it's you just kind of choose your array of mouths for the day like oh my god 1a to 7c and then you just you can't have such like ocd to like do that it'd be terrible yeah well i hope it goes well with ben absolutely i hope you pick the right i might say all right gandhi perfect that might be my opening i think you figured it out yeah so what part of england did you grow up in I grew up in uh, a place called Dagenham, which is the um, the kind of far reaches of the East End. So I, as a guy who knows nothing about yeah. England, let, paint me a Dickensian picture. Okay, well, Dagenham is it was f- the most it's the most famous thing because it has a big Ford plant there. Okay, uh, it's a shithole. It's very working class. Um, it was a place to buy hashish and weed, mm-hmm. but you could also get cut there fairly easily. You could get caught easily. Cut, cut. Well, really? Yeah. Okay, got it. it, it got it, it. I think it's one of the cutting capitals oh, of, of it, London. Yeah, when you look at the tourist map, it's got a guy bleeding. <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, it has like a, a hash pipe, a wound open, and <laughs> one drop of blood coming out. Uh, yeah, it, it's. It was a kind of. It was a. What happened in the East End in yeah. like the 1950s and 60s is, as as the immigrant families moved in, the true Cockneys were angry at this, so they all moved out gradually. Why do you come a from a true Cockney? Essex. I'm not a true Cockney. A true Cockney, you have to be born within the sound of Bow Bells. Now, Bow Bells is a famous church. Okay. And if you can hear Bow Bells as you are being born, then you're a Cockney. That's what that's that's really what it depends on. Yeah. Yeah. And where were you? So you didn't make it? You couldn't hear the no, bells? No, crikey. Bow Bells was a way away. It was like five miles away. So I did not hear Bow Bells uh, coming out of my mum. But what? What? Uh, how many How many kids in your family, though? Is it a big working class family? Or? It was, but I was, a, I was the only one from my mum and dad. Oh. But my dad had children before me, and my mum had kids before, before me. So I was the only... The only thing that really connected them. Yes, yeah, essentially. <laughs> and you had two half-brothers and sisters. Yeah. In my mum and dad's sex life, I was the only one in that Venn diagram. <laughs> right, In right. the middle. You, you were the you, the only uh, the only true one between them. And what, did your dad work at that Ford plant? No, my my dad, he did. He was like, he did a lot of things. I remember him, when I first kind of became aware of him, he was a gardener. Aware of him? Like, you were sort of you, like, hey, there's that guy. Uh, who are you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a gardener. Yeah. And he always had, my, my, my dad's not with us anymore, but he, even when he died, he had like the most amazing body for a like 74-year-old man. And he yeah. was always fit as a butcher's dog. And yeah, he was a gardener. And then he became, he was an incredible artist as well. So he painted a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and then he became, he started work at a factory which made high-end office furniture. Okay. Uh, and he started as an upholsterer. Uh-huh. And over the next kind of 25 years, he became managing director of the company. Really? Yeah. So he climbed up from upholstery yeah. to the guy in charge. Yeah, he was a delivery driver, and then eventually he was the boss. So I, I'm always impressed with people that have skills like gardening, upholstering. Yeah. I, it's, uh, I, I wish I had it. I can't do any of that. You can't do anything? No. Yeah. I, no, I just... 
I think I could probably upholster. <laughs> you, you as can, long as it's taut. Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's all you the, need. Yeah. Stretch that shit out and staple it. Yeah. You got it? If it's a hydraulic, <laughs> I'd be all right, I think. <laughs> so when you were growing up, I mean, what was uh, how old, what was the age difference between you and your siblings? Were the, uh, I was the youngest. Right. And then... Uh, Did it just go up or were the two of them the same age? Was it? Yeah, I think uh, it went like... My youngest sister was seven years, four years older than me. Then there was one... Oh, so three years older than her. Then uh-huh. there was, you know, and it went up like that. So you've got a half sister, a half brother or sister that's probably sixty. Yeah, really? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. For, do you know them all? I don't. It's a. <laughs> well, I I do, but it's 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 part yeah. of my sad life story actually. That uh, a, a lot of them kind of didn't make it. Oh, really? Yeah, they've passed away. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Four of them. Really? Yeah. Four out of the out of the six. Wow. Which, yeah, just uh, tragically, or yeah, yeah. just yeah. just uh, you know, life. Yeah, and oh, and, and how it moves and yeah. rolls. Sadly, so yeah. I mean, it was a real pain in the hole. Yeah, uh, it's a, uh, uh, it's it's any uh, you know, it's a uh, a wonder that I can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest, well, I, I guess that. Uh, well, you seem pretty healthy. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I also lost a mum and a dad in that time too. So. Uh, yeah, so much friggin' tragedy that it. it, it uh, but I think my. Oh, but not at once, not in some. No. Okay. My, maybe that would have been easier <laughs> to just get it all over and done with, as opposed to be uh, drip fed grief. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I. I mean, I think my point, uh, my outlook on life is what. What. What's the alternative? You know. You right. Just get up and keep going. You got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, you can't get because the, the the sadness will drag you down. Oh my god, you'd stick a nine in your mouth. Yeah, it's cra- it's crazy. <laughs> uh, like, but we're built to deal with it, from what I understand. Yeah, humans. Yeah, yeah. I think you just get better at it. Yeah, you know. I, yeah, yeah. You do. You, your heart gets cold. Yeah, cold heart. <laughs> By the time my dad went, I was like, "Ta-da!" Yeah, see you later. <laughs> I gave. I lifted his hand up, and we had a, a high five. A post-mortem you, high five. You put it back in the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Bye, dad. Uh, yeah, but I have a kid now. You know, I have a three-year-old son, so. All that is now gone because I sure. now have my own sure. deal. And, so know? that's a pretty new thing. Yeah, I'm looking kid. forward to dying on him. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, it's your planet. He <laughs> so, decide what age you'd like to go at. <laughs> what would be best for him to handle? Yeah, well, I what, think seven. Yeah, no, well, that's seven's a, good for a child to lose his dad. That might be a little young, but you know what? He won't remember you that okay, clearly. I, yeah, I, that but, really what? upsets me that notion of of what not of dying. Because I don't the, remember my. I don't remember much before five right right sure so all that amazing relationship i have with my son now and the yeah. closeness we have <laughs> he wouldn't care if <laughs> i that, went he wouldn't even remember wouldn't, me. Wouldn't, there'd just be a picture on a mantle somewhere it, and there'd yeah. be a new guy there who's that fat bearded <laughs> yeah he'd call that guy dad <laughs> yeah exactly oh this is getting depressing let's uh, don't do it stay around let's listen to a record yeah what do you got <laughs> i got a few records inside <laughs> but when you were growing up uh it, what your, your goal was not to be an actor uh no i had no goal uh, good for you that's a good way a creative person starts even now i think yeah, it's, you know i've been doing meetings with people this week and yeah. they're a weird thing but i could see the generals the general yeah, meeting yeah yeah. yeah yeah but i could see people going to pitch stuff in the in the right. waiting room right and they were just panicking and shitty yeah. and they were saying uh have you got enough charge in your yeah. ipad yeah. for the presentation yeah. it's like yeah. i've never given a shit about anything that much yeah. you know yeah and I seem to have a real good laugh at these things, and we just go in and we just have a chat. And yeah, it's sort of like we love you. That was so funny. That thing you did with yeah. that guy. Yeah, 
What are you doing? I've That's that, a good well, question. I have that weird, yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah. What do you? What's I have cool? that weird thing, and I think you don't. You kind of get them in Britain too, but you get them a lot here. And I did that. I did a pilot this year with Justin Long mm-hmm. uh, for CBS called Sober yeah. Companion, and I, I loved it. I loved that man, and I love working with him. But there was that weird thing that you come off set, and there's like another set of monitors, and yeah. behind them are execs yeah. from yeah, for, for just a, from a little who, a little stack of uh, untalented people. Yeah, I don't know what the collective yeah, noun would yeah. be for them. But right. They do that thing rather than laugh. Yeah. They just tell you you're funny. Right. But with with the most, oh, my God, you're really funny. Right, right. It's like, oh, you mean that? Because yeah. what I'm hearing is, oh, yeah. you're a massive cunt. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what it sounds Every, like Everything's not a non-committal. They don't want to get your hopes up in <laughs> yeah. any way. They don't want you to get the wrong idea. They don't want to get fired. Exactly. And the pilot didn't go or did? You don't it know. It did not go. See, so that's what they were saying. Yeah, that's exactly what they oh were my saying. God, you'll never be employed yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. But when you, when you were younger, what what were you doing in this shithole that um, you lived in? I was um, nothing. I mean, I got into trouble. I smoked. I had fights. I played a lot of rugby. Rugby. Uh, See, that's something we don't have here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you do have a team. You guys are playing New Zealand soon. Oh, yeah, I knew that. And I no, think, I did not. To be that. honest, it's going to be a three-figure mauling. Yeah, by New Zealand. Yeah, they're, uh, they're playing in Soldier Field. It's a sellout. Well, we're, we're not. It's not an indigenous sport here. No, it it's, isn't. It's, it's probably new to us. I know it happens in some colleges, but I, yes. I don't know. It's like football, correct? Yeah, but like without, not not soccer football, but American football. Yeah, but no pads, and it's almost continuous. You know, we, we don't work on the down system. So it's like it, it's it just keeps moving. It keeps moving. People are getting the shit beat out of each other. Yeah, and you can see it. Oh yeah, I mean, it's that's, not, there's no pads protecting anybody. No, they they wear. There's I don't a know thing, why that never cut on here. Yeah, it's true. There's a thing you can get called um, you you get cabbage patch ears. Yeah, and so you see MMA fighters with big fat ears, and rugby players get it too. Oh, really? So now they're kind of wearing a hat kind of, of foamy helmet. Yeah, can we say foamy helmet? Sure. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I played that for a long time as a kid. Was that like, uh, did you see it as a career possibility? I, I kind of. Well, it wasn't paid at that time when I was right. when I was playing. You didn't get paid, yeah. but now they get paid. You know, right, it's right. professional. But I was kind of good. You know, I was. I, I played for. Were you in the paper? I was not in the paper. I don't think. No, I think the, no... the scores were and right, the but, teams, but not but... like this guy special. Yeah, none of Watch that. Watch this lump. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I essentially played for my state. Mm-hmm. I got to that kind of level. What, what, oh, so there's a state team. Well, you have a county team. So yeah. county for us is the same as state for you guys. Okay. So I, it was all right. Yeah, I was probably five steps from being uh, kind of pretty good. But was there ever talk of going pro or did you they didn't have it yet? I got to a point, I got injured when I was 16 and I was out for like nine months. And then when I came back, uh, I'd kind of fallen for weed and drinking and girls. And yeah, it was over. I was thought washed up. I went, I went back when I was 22. To rugby? 22, 23. Yeah. Mate of mine, a Nigerian mate of mine said, why don't you come and train with London, Nigeria? Yeah. And I was the only white man on the team and this is before show business this was before show a long time before show business and they would fight so much during training amongst themselves yeah that i got to i thought fuck this on a tuesday raining tuesday night yeah i thought no no and that was it that was my you didn't want to fight with them no not really i mean because they're big love you know yeah six eight and yeah. 300 pounds yeah. fuck that this is training yeah <laughs> I don't mind fighting on match day, but why now? Why am I losing teeth on a Tuesday night? (laughs) 
that's that's a good question and a, and a reasonable question a, to mem- ask a memoir for a great exactly why am i losing teeth on a tuesday <laughs> night that's the memoir of nick frost but are you a fighty guy? Um, I have my moments. I think people assume because I'm a comedian and, and they see me playing Danny Butterman or Little Ed that I am that man. But yeah. uh, coming from where I came from, you kind of had to be. Really? Yeah. It was a tough It was a tough place. So I'm not. Yeah. But uh, if pushed, then I will. <laughs> are uh, you a winner? I'm nasty. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's that thing. There's no Queensbury rules. It's, <laughs> it's finish it quickly, you know. <laughs> Just pummel the guy. Yeah, I've been done a few times too. Really? really? Bad. Yeah. Simon had to come and take me from the hospital one time because I got kind of done by five men on the street. What, and did you start it? Nah, man. They just just got jumped for no reason. And oh, that's a mugging. Yeah. Well, they didn't fight. take. They didn't take anything though. They just felt like beating the shit out of you. Yeah. You and didn't. They, you didn't say anything. I couldn't. They. Uh, they were like 18 and I was like they just five of them surrounded me and I think you know you're in trouble when their opening gambit is I'm gonna fuck you up you fat cunt and for no reason other no than reason at that. all no so it, but like generally growing up in a type of neighborhood because I don't have any experience with it what would fights be about bullshit yeah just fronting up you know yeah just you didn't like someone for whatever reason and just at a, bu- a pub and it's just sort of fuck you yeah i mean I, I i hated it you know and and growing up where i did it was a large irish community too so was that a problem it wasn't a problem but you know i i i, I went to pubs at quite an early age you know i was pubbing it at like 13 14 yeah. and we'd all try and get in somewhere and get in somewhere else and invariably the drink at that point not for me but for pubs and clubs that were full of drunken Irishmen on payday, it yeah. would kick off and it it was kind of horrific to me, you know, and it frightened frightened the life out of me. And I think right. you know, the best thing that happened to British culture was was you know, uh, ecstasy because yeah. it, it essentially stopped all violence in all pubs and clubs because because everybody loved each other. Yeah, yeah, punches were replaced by by hugs. Hugs. Oh, that's Amazing. sweet. But like the uh, like, it's weird because it's hard not to stereotype. But I had I, I grew up in I didn't grow up, but I went to college in Boston, and I was uh, fairly terrified of Irish people. Yeah, <laughs> they, they just because a lot of the town was Irish, and you'd go to these bars, and it would just be like, I'm going to get my ass kicked yeah. for no reason. Not bothered either. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's that I love that thing that truly violent people have no uh, they have no thought about consequence. Right. And I always had, you know, and being a big man who was agile, you think, I could just kill you right now with one. Right. You know, it's that thing you read about, a guy hits a guy and that guy's knocked out and he falls over and hits his head. And it's over. And he dies. Yeah. And it's like, I've always been terrified of that. Yeah. And of that's why it? I don't... Of, of causing that? Of ha- yeah. yeah, potentially. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Accidentally killing accidentally, the guy. It'd be terrible. Yeah. It'd be absolutely awful. And it happens all the time. So, yeah. Over you know, nothing. Over nothing. Yeah. But, you know, people... Like the guys in Boston and, and the hard nuts at home, they don't give a shit about that. You know, they don't even think about it. I, I guess that's yeah. It's uh, I guess that's what makes somebody a, a good fighter. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Is that, it sounds like an oxymoron. Right, right. But yeah, that guy doesn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. He's the best. I was talking to who was I talking to the other day? We saw a guy in a pub and he was a lot of scars on his face. And she said, "God, I'm really frightened of this guy." And I said. It's not the guy with the scars you need to be frightened about. It's the guy who gave him the scars, who invariably has no scars, you know. 
Yeah. So when when you got uh, all involved with the weed and the booze and you gave up your your 16-year-old rugby dream. Yeah. What what did you end up doing? Nothing, really. I just uh, I dropped out of high school when I was like 16, 15 and a half, 16. Uh and I started work uh when I was like almost 16. Yeah. at a shipping company. Yeah. For like for like $7,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of liked it because they treated me like an adult, you know, and I hated right. school because they didn't treat me like an adult. Right. And I didn't act like an adult, to be fair, but they, uh, I loved it. I love working. So you're just a guy? Yeah. Like, loading shit? Yeah. Doing just, stuff? Yeah. Making a paycheck? Just making it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's what working I Working with other guys? Yeah. Chatting to the girls in the office? <laughs> Hello, darling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That guy. Oh, was that idiot? And, but you, but you had no. You'd never tried comedy. You'd never done comedy. No. And then by the time you went back and decided not to join the Nigerian rugby team, yeah. Uh, where what was going on in your life when you when you decided to do comedy? How did that come about? Where were you? Well, I lived away. I ran. I didn't run away, but I I was told in no uncertain terms that I should leave London. By uh, who? Uh, I, this is there are areas that I'm not willing, <laughs> not prepared to talk about. But essentially, I was, I was said, you, perhaps you should leave London for a little bit. So I did. I left. I left, and I went to Israel, and I, I, I lived in Israel for two years. What? Uh, I was only meant to be there for like four or five months, and then I ended up staying right, wait, there for two years. All right, back up. So you get thrown out of England. Not thrown out, but, but uh, politely asked to leave. Yeah, by people that had some weight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you go to Israel. Why Israel? Uh, a mate of mine had been, and he said, this this would be good for you. You should go. To Israel? Yeah. Really? Like, like just uh, like weeks after the first uh, uh, Gulf War, war had ended. What, what was your mate doing in Israel? Uh, he was on kibbutz. So he's a Jewish guy? No, he was he was Christian. He's a he Christian guy? Catholic, yeah. They, oh, so it, it's sort of, um, I need to get my shit together. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to farm. I'm going to drop out. I'm going to hang out with people. Yeah. I'm going to learn Hebrew. I'm going to pick kiwi fruits. And that's what he did? Yeah. And how old was he? Uh, He was a bit older than me. He was like in his mid-20s when I was uh, 18. I didn't know that the the kibbutz system was a a, a viable alternative for anybody to get their shit together, but it makes sense. Yeah. Because for American Jews, it's sort of like, go get connected to Israel. Yeah. But for apparently people in the UK, it's like, better than jail. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) But also, it's that thing that it's... Uh, you call you call a volunteer, mm-hmm. and it's Swedish girls, it's South African girls, it's New Zealand oh, girls, it's right. Australian girls. So that also uh, appealing, yeah. And Not just, the work necessarily, but I like the work. I've always liked heavy lifting, and and so what part of Israel were you in? I was right on the Lebanese border. Oh yeah, which was uh, kind of exciting uh, in a way. What was know? the name of the town? Uh, Bar Am. Yeah, yeah, Bar Am, yeah. right in the north. And so you go there, you leave England, you pack up your shit, yeah. you say goodbye to your folks, yeah. and go into Israel. Ta-da. Yeah. I'll see you in three months. Yeah. And and you didn't, you stayed on the kibbutz for two years? I did, yeah. I was there for like 14 months, and then I came back, hated hated it, and then I was at home for like two weeks, and then went away again for another nine months. So were, were you out of your mind? Yeah. I just kind of became a, like like a kibbutznik you know i just uh, it was such a weird thing to come back to london after all that time and so what it, what is life on the kibbutz like it's very formulaic it gave it, it gave me an insight into the fact that i'd probably do all right in prison 
Right. <laughs> you know, it was like you'd but get you, did you, was there like did you make like sort of a conscious choice between that or say the military or something? No, I mean I had looked in you know, I'd gone to like open days for for the navy and uh-huh. you know, I yeah. it's not it wasn't for me. Right. But uh I I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I like so you know, you'd what do you do? Up, you'd get up at 4:30 in the morning. Yeah. And you'd go to work, you know, lots of different jobs. You could pick apples or the longer you were there, the better the job you got, essentially. Right. And then when I'd been there almost two years on and off, I was like Colonel Kurtz. Yeah. I had like, I ended up driving my own little van and I just hung out with the Israelis. And and you saw several different groups of people come and go. Come in and go in. Because a lot of people would do a month or do a... Yeah, yeah. And then the Israelis trust you more the more you're there. You know, because they see so many different volunteers coming in and out and... They treat the place like shit and get drunk and vomit it's like everywhere. Camp to them. Yeah, same yeah. thing. So if you stick through it, if you stick through winters, they seem to like you. Or, or bombardment by the <laughs> by, by the, the Lebanese Mujahideen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So did did what was your take on Israeli people? What did you learn from them? Um, they're kind of a tough lot. They are. A, they are a, t- a tough lot, and I think a lot of people think they're very rude. Uh-huh. Now, my problem, my problem with that is it's the way they turn hebrew into english mm-hmm. so in hebrew it's perfectly acceptable to say give me this yeah that's well, how right, t- right. tenly tenly right. whatever yeah give me don't doll it up don't no no, no. yeah i might be killed in an hour yeah. uh <laughs> i like that now in the west bank so <laughs> pl- please can i have the apple uh so when they speak english they say give me this give me that and yeah. people think jesus christ what a rude race but yeah. it's it's just the way the right it's just the way the culture operates yeah and so you picked apples and what else did you do i picked apples if you if you had been there a while you could work in fish ponds not really amazing like giant fish ponds and then once every kind of three months you pull the fish out you pull the fish out what kind of fish uh st peter's carp oh yeah nice that's that's the that's the fish there st peter's yeah they love it yeah it's great it's got a little black dot on its side and yeah. that's supposedly where St. Peter pulled the fish out of oh, Jesus' eye. Did you did, did you find um, so you were working the fish pond you picked apples you, you picking the, cotton cotton? cotton really? yeah by hand? yeah and they also had uh, like that a, beats your hands up doesn't it? they don't care the Israelis no I know but wait, with the experience well, you picking gloves cotton. obviously oh, yeah. you know I'm not made of stone Mark uh my mistake. Uh, they had like a plastic factory as well, which was mindless. That must be that's a huge kibbutz. Yeah, it was it was it was big. A plastic factory? Yeah. You know how plastic is made. Well they would make do you know when you have a, a little catheter in your arm, yeah. like a, a valve. Right. They would make the valves. Oh that's what so they manufactured. That's shit. all they made, yeah. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. Did you tour Israel? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're there, and I think every four or five months, the Israelis say, let's go and do a trip. So you go to Jerusalem or you go to you Masada or yeah, yeah. the Dead Sea. Did and... you go to the top of Masada? I did, yeah. It's great, right? Fascinating, yeah. It's a good hike. It is a good hike, yeah. And the story of it's amazing. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, actually. Really? Was it like a thousand people? Yeah. And a hundred of those drew, drew lots. Right. And that hundred killed the other 900. And then from that hundred, ten were chosen to kill the other 90. Is and that how it worked? Yeah, that's how they did it. That's brutal. And it was just did not give the, what was it, the Romans? The Romans, yeah. The, the victory. Yeah. 
Oh. And so the ones that were left, I think there were like four or five people yeah. left, like women and children right. hid in wells and right. stuff. And they let them go because they were so impressed with the fact that they'd killed all of themselves. I wonder what happened to the legacy of those people if that's part of their genealogical history. We were the, of the five survivors yeah. of Masada. They live in wells. Their <laughs> ancestors still now live in wells. Well, I think it's amazing that the, the Romans spent what was it, like five years building a giant ramp out of Earth to get up there? Yeah, shit took time. And you can still see part of the ramp, yeah, right? It's, it's I went, why did they want the property so badly? Because it was a good lookout, I think? I don't it was, know. I think it had air, I think it had air con. I think it had uh, <laughs> primitive air con. <laughs> did you, so what did you think of Jerusalem? That place is a mind fuck. It's amazing. Yeah, weird. It was a weird... I mean... All you the know. headquarters are there. All the big uh, religious all franchises. All the big ones are there, yeah. Are you a religious person? No, not at all. How were you brought up? Catholic. Oh, so that killed it for you, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I had to go to church every day because of the school I was in. And uh, yeah, I kind of... Was uh, there a point where you did believe? Not really. I mean, maybe as a kid, yeah, but... Yeah. I smell a rat from an early age, you know. Catholics smell the rat quicker than other people usually. <laughs> smell the rat could also be my memoir's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess uh, there's something about the uh, the the charade of Catholicism that at some point you got to realize like they're putting a lot of effort into this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why haven't I got a massive ring? <laughs> yeah. Right. How come that has guy's he, winning? Why has he got a big ring? Yeah, his nice clothes were all covered with like that Monty Python bit. He's the only one that hasn't got shit on him. Yeah. The the king. How do you know he's a king? Yeah. So, all right, so you spent two years in... That's fascinating to me. And you came home and you're like, fuck this, and you went back to Israel. Yeah. And then what happened? I, I fell in love. I, I met a girl and, uh, and followed her back, followed her back to London. So she was from England. Yeah. And she so was... that's why you left Israel. There's a good chance if it wasn't for that chick, you would still be in Israel. Yeah, I you was You might be of... uh, uh, in the army by I now. I think I'd be an officer yeah. in the army. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But maybe I'd lost an arm in a in an exchange with uh, <laughs> Syria. With an Irishman. <laughs> in a brutal exchange with an Irishman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I got to a point where I was kind of given choices in terms of, well, you've been here a while now, so, you know, maybe you should get married and stay or... Oh, to become a citizen. Pretend, well, just to become part of the kibbutz, maybe. Oh, really? So there was a... Uh, if you... If you, if you you log the hours there's a cult element to it yeah would you like to keep you no, and you your children stay, here yeah. you have good stock perhaps you should go to the breeding tent you have <laughs> you have to give the children that fascinated me too that what? they give their children to the community uh literally know at birth yeah not all kibbutzes do it but our one did and your children are looked after communally and stay in a house separately from you. Well, the old, the idea was it was rooted in the idea of socialism, right? Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, you're there uh, as part of that, a member of that kibbutzim to, to, to work. And I think their thing was Western society, the parents or the father is uh, so kind of often at work and they get maybe get... 20 minutes or an hour when they get in right and so you know the kids are looked after all day communally yeah and then you get four or five hours in the afternoon solid you know with your folks solid yeah and then you just sleep in a different house were there p- people i had that that were brought up that way on the kibbutz oh yeah all, all of them all the really? kids yeah i mean there were young adults there you know were they well adjusted and everything seemed like a good uh, yeah good as thing? well as any Israeli can be, I, right. I guess, living, you know. Did you keep any contacts with any friends from that time? I didn't. I don't. I'm not like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anyone from, from bef- you know, two years ago, really. <laughs> Before it drops uh, off. It too. just, I don't know if it's the brain thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not a looker backer. You yeah. know, uh, I rarely, I rarely do. Did you learn Hebrew? Tiny bits. You know, I, I was good 
by the time I left, I could understand more than I could speak, but, uh, but it just goes, it just, it went. Yeah. So you followed a woman from England that you met there? Yeah, she was, she, uh, she was, her grandmother was Israeli and she could speak Hebrew and... Jewish girl? Jewish girl. It was doomed from the start. Yeah. Her mum hated me. Really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it just didn't work. Although I, you know, I liked her very much. And But it got you back in town. It did, yeah. And you were like, what, 22, 23? I was 21. And what, so you, what, how old were you when you met Simon? 22. So it's about to happen. Yeah. What, I could so, feel it. <laughs> so, so you come back to England and what are you, what are you working? Where are you working? Well, this, this girl, she worked at a Mexican restaurant called Chiquito's and, uh, by the time I got back to London, my parents had moved. Uh, Did they tell you where they went? They didn't tell me. I knocked at the door and a, and a lovely a lovely Punjabi lady answered. Uh, and I said, you're not yeah. my mum. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, my mum was a, was a Welsh woman. So they moved back down to Wales. I have no idea what that, like, I've met one other, who did I meet? Uh, John Ronson. Yeah. The writer. He's yeah. uh, Welsh. Uh, John Ronson's son is the funniest little kid i've ever met he's really yeah i could have spent he's i have a theory about certain children that i call them old young men yeah where they're actually really old but they're kind of young you yeah, know yeah yeah he's one of those oh I, really I, yeah i saw him at the pool premiere uh-huh we were just chatting having a laugh and he's like eight <laughs> yeah. he had like a little green corduroy suit on oh really yeah amazing <laughs> ronson's a good guy he's a good man. smart guy yeah but so so your mother's from wales what's wales like um wales is uh it's kind of industrial you know it's yeah. known for its steel production and coal uh which kind of dropped off in the 80s you know yeah. and uh as soon as that industry left a lot of it died you know you yeah. got beautiful villages that just Nothing. every man was now out of work you know oh, so um, the beautiful uh villages masking the horrendous depression and and rampant alcoholism yeah and 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 wife beating of, of that yeah uh, yeah but the flip side where my family are from is a place called pembrokeshire which is r- the the furthest west you can go in britain essentially and it's absolutely beautiful it's There's just so much rugged you- cliffs and beaches and yeah yeah crystal clear water and 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 a lot of sheep and that's where your parent your parents moved to yeah yeah so you had that to go back to if you wanted. I did, but I hated going back because it was essentially, you know, it felt like I was living inside a tumor. You know, you could feel that that kind of loss in terms of the jobs know. and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so interesting to me when I hear about Britain not knowing a lot about it that. You know, it's been around for so many centuries and there's so much beautiful history, but most of the modern stories are like, oh, it's horrible. The yeah. industry left and just we nothing to but eat sa- our dogs. Yeah, just nothing but sadness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, not everywhere. I mean, London booms and, and yeah. but you know, little little cities, little towns just, and also it's that thing that I'd, I'd go to this town since I was a little boy. And so the people you'd see who were 18 or 19 when I was five or six, now I'm 24, 25 sitting in the pub and they're in their 40s still in that same pub you think gee whiz you can you can feel the town just dying as its youngsters either leave or well there's a there's a little bit of that vibe in um in the in the world's end you know there yeah. there is that because that happens to everybody to, to some degree yeah yeah you know, some people leave and some people never leave yeah oh it's it's heartbreaking but I don't know. Like, I'm not going to get too existential about it, but when you really think about the span of a lifetime, oh, right, and people, yeah. what they do or what they don't do, yeah. it's very easy to just sit there and like, well, tomorrow I'll do it, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that, and then it goes, yeah, it all goes. But you can do, you know, when I was a waiter, I thought I'll do this for three months, 
And then five and a half years down the line, I'm still there. And you think, Jesus Christ, it, it goes so quick. Was this where? At the Mexican restaurant? Yeah. So you were there for that long? Yeah. So you go, so you're in love with this Jewish British girl. Yeah. And she's Who working lives in at- Los Angeles now. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you see her? No, no. We'd never, we haven't seen each other for a long, long time. But you know she's here. Yeah. Is she an actress? She was at, at some point, yeah. She had a, a nice part in James Cameron's Titanic. Oh, really? Yeah. That's that's astounding, isn't it? Kind uh, yeah. of interesting. But you, but you, you just didn't keep in touch. I guess, what are you going to do? It ended badly. Yeah. She gave me a piece of information when she broke up with me, which I've kept with me forever, really. Yeah. And she said, when you realize you're not going to spend the rest of your life with someone, at what point do you call it a day? Uh, and it really hurt me at the time. But now, like t- 20 years later, I think that's bloody good information. You know, sure, it's- sure. But when? But was that before she called it a day? That was at the moment of her calling it a day. <laughs> we were outside Woodford Bridge train station, and that was her. Oh, that was her breakup. That was a rhetorical question to right. me. That was a rhetorical question as a breakup. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I was like, oh do you mean us? <laughs> oh, right. oh, right. Oh, I don't know. Now? <laughs> Should we do it now? But but during the time you were working at the restaurant with her, you you guys were dating for like five years. No, she was she was she was a traveler at heart. She was a fly by night kind of good time girl, and she had a massive, she had many many friends, and yeah. you know she stay and she worked for four months and get enough money, and then she'd go to New York, or then she'd go to and then come Australia, back? and yeah, she'd she'd flit around. You but know. and you stayed solid at the restaurant. I did. So she would go away for four months after you broke up, and yeah. she'd come back. Hey, how's it going? But she only came back a couple of times before right. then leaving for good. I right. Think she moved to a different restaurant. That's. <laughs> But that's that's kind of a brutal kind of thing. Like, Hello. I'm still- how you been? <laughs> yeah, I like this character that you have of yourself. The, bit- the sort of hurt guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that's who's in me. Hello. <laughs> you look good. You look nice. <laughs> you look you look nice. Is good. Yeah, yeah. How's it been? <laughs> you you been? You seen anyone? Yeah. Oh my god. So so you're a waiter at a fucking Mexican restaurant. Yeah. How was the food? Well, the food was good when I started. Yeah. But it's the shittest food in the world right now. It it's was taken still, over by a chain. It's still there? Yes, yeah, there's a few of them. Uh, but every when I worked there, every day, yeah. they would make everything fresh. Right. And it was absolutely delicious. And how now this is like this is a great story because you know, like something you could not have expected. Yeah. Comes into your world and changes your entire life. Yeah. Simon, so, yeah, Simon, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but like it, that, it's it's a rare thing that that happens because yeah. you, you had no because it sounds to me that you know you were heartbroken, lost, uh, you know. You, I've had that a lot, yeah, a lot of heartbreak and and, and lost, you know. Well, right, I like it. Yeah. I know it seems weird, but I like that. What what, what about I, it? Do you I, like? I like that angsty pain of of unrequited oh, so love? You know, it's, sure, sure. I kind of got quite good at it. So in terms of it being a default setting, I I, I was all right with that. I knew how that felt. Right, and, and it, like if you can, if you got a handle on that, you can handle anything, really. Yeah, but in terms of other women, that shit gets old. That <laughs> that left bank hurt poet. Right, right. It's fine for a bit, but it becomes. F- fairly unattractive but, in your but, but, mid-30s but, but are you saying to me that you you resigned yourself to it yeah i think i always fell in love with women who were fairly unattainable in terms of they were really beautiful and you know what that guarantees that you stay in that shitty place yeah that must be how you feel comfortable serving pints of margarita to thick-fisted irishmen so okay so you're heartbroken yeah you have no goals no 
you're just working at a restaurant. Yeah. Going home every night to your your sad little house. Well, we'd all go out. There was a, a curry house called the Pink Rupee. Yeah. In a place called Cricklewood, and yeah. every night, literally, we'd finish our shift and we'd go there and we'd have a late supper. All the waiters. Oh yeah. And drink. So you had friends. Eight nine pints of Stella. Yeah. And then go back and sit up till four or five in the morning, just just puffing on, you know. Yeah. And that was your life. Good life. And how does how do you what happens? A girl came to work at the restaurant called Charlotte, and me and her became really good friends really quickly. She was just there was never any attraction there, but you know when you just yeah. get someone, yeah, you think, wow, how did this begin? Yeah, and she had a boyfriend called Simon. Yeah, and uh, one night I had a party at my place, and she was bringing him along, and I'd never met him before, and I was nervous. I was nervous to meet this guy because he was a stand-up, and I was like the funniest bloke at Chiquitos. <laughs> That's, that was official, by the way. Uh, and, yeah, I met him, and, and we had, like, a weird... We kind of circled around each other for, like, two hours at the party. Like, I didn't want to... Yeah, yeah, like, who's and then the I funny got, guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got to a point where he was outside on this balcony, and I kind of went out there, and, and I remember us, we stood there for, like, two hours doing impressions at one another, like the dueling banjo scene from, <laughs> from, a deliverance. from Deliverance, but with impressions. <laughs> what impressions were you doing? Oh, I like characters from the young ones and news readers and there was a weather guy called Ian McCaskill and he was really famous for like he'd start every every uh, like weather thing he'd he'd say this hello and that, that so like me and him but even now like that can make me and Edgar and Simon laugh a lot if just out of the blue one of us says hello hello there oh on the way hello uh, so yeah we did that a lot and then as was my want at that point, I then became so, so paralytically drunk that as Simon, as Simon left the party, I had like a big, a big bass bin in my flat, like a big, big speaker. Yeah. And his last memory of that party was me, unconscious, slumped on top of it as music went, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of vibrated me off of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was, and that was that, you know. And then we suddenly realised that, kind of three or four months down the line. We'd spent every day together. And the really? Three, you just uh, became friends? The yeah. three of you usually? Or? The three of us, yeah. The three of us became thick as thieves. And we would just like howl with uncontrollable laughter. And I'd never met anyone like like Simon. And Did you go see him perform? Yeah. There was, a, there was a time, there was a year when I went with him to 250 gigs. Well, I'd drive him and a couple of times I'd intro him and... Uh, you know, Charlotte at the point that he started to say, maybe you should try some stand up. And at first, he wrote like a list of of clubs, right, for that, you that would take me on, and I could do an open spot. And and I'd never ever dreamed of doing anything like that or being an actor or. And I shit it, I was fucking terrified of of doing that, you know. But you did it. I did. I did twelve gigs, and six were amazing. Oh yeah, what did you do? Impressions or no? I just I just wrote like a little a little eight minute routine. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't really have a voice. It wasn't my right. own voice. It was kind of surreal. And you know we really loved the comedians uh, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer, and their thing was surrealism at that time. And so I wanted to be kind of like that. And, yeah. And I think the problem with it is I wasn't very good because I hadn't done it a lot. You know, right. it's like everything. You just have to get up there and just just do it and do it and do it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um. And so six were good, and six were the lowest points of my life, and that includes burying both parents. 
<laughs> they were completely awful. I did a gig which lasted three seconds. Uh, what happened in uh, three seconds? I was working in the restaurant. I'd done a like a chiquitos. Chiquitos. Um, a waitress was taking over from me at six o'clock. I had a gig at like half eight, but the other part, of the, you know, the other side of the city. And you have Pro Plus here. What is that? Pro Plus are like caffeine tablets. Mm. I've been taking, I've been eating those during the day and drinking coffee. And by the time she got there, I was so fucking furious, and and uh, you know, my teeth were grating. And then it took me two and a half hours to get across the city in the rain on buses. Uh-huh. And when I got into the venue, there was probably 14 people in there. Oh, yeah. And they were all aged between 18 and 24-year-old men. Yeah. And they were all from the same soccer team. Yeah. And when I walked in, there was a, a heckle war going on between them mm-hmm. and the compare. Mm-hmm. And the, the host? And the host. Yeah. And the compare saw me with my coat on and I kind of <laughs> waved. And still with my coat on, he in- that face. He in- oh, hello, hello. Uh, he introduced me uh, to get himself out of the shit. It's yeah. only like my sure. third gig. Thank God you're here. Yeah. And I kind of got on. I still had my coat on, and I kind of went, "Oh, hello." <laughs> kind of a bit humble, hello. And like this big lump stood up and said, "Fuck off, you fat cunt." <laughs> and uh, I clipped. I just clipped the mic back on and went home. I just walked off and went home. And that was it. <laughs> Heartbroken again. Yeah. Oh. Still out in the rain for another two-hour journey back. Was that the last gig? Yeah. I, I did a couple more after that. There was almost a fist fight with a heckler. Uh, but yeah, the, the return in terms of... I'd get sick afterwards. I'd get the worst migraines. Cause oh, I'd, really? Because I'd been thinking about it for three days up to the point oh, yeah, where I'd the do worst. it. The worst. The worst. And then that release of actually, you know if people would laugh and it would go well you'd, right. I'd still feel so sick afterwards yeah you'd be yeah because you put yourself and if they don't laugh then it's all still inside you yeah. just like then then it moves from spending three days thinking about it to spending three days being the shit up of yourself yeah being the shit out of yourself about it thinking about how how to fucking go wrong yeah so, I was just bad at you know so it didn't you know you didn't stick it didn't stick no <laughs> no so how did it lead to um the the creation of uh of what was it space right yeah well it was simon you know he 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 was a great stand-up and yeah. uh you know he got more he did edinburgh festival a few times right. and he started to get the attention of of tv commissioners and and script editors you know and uh they offered him a show called uh spaced with him and uh a lovely lady called jessica hines yeah i saw, I, I saw that i watched all of them they're great oh cool thank you yeah uh, and so they got offered this uh sitcom they offered them a series straight away we didn't have to make a pilot but whose idea was it was it edgar's or who? Uh, no it was it was simon and jessica's oh so they pitched it yeah okay and then you know they got edgar on board and then edgar edgar was essentially the third beetle you know yeah in, in that in that uh, in that in that team yeah um and simon came to me at one point and said I used to do a character called Mike Watt, who was a member of the National Guard, and he said, I want you to come and do that character on on the show. And, you know, being a... a, Never wanting anything or never, you know, never having an idea of what I ever wanted to do. I had that, and it annoys Simon, but I have that thing where he says, why don't you come and do this? And I kind of went, yeah, all right. (laughs) Yeah, right. If I've got nothing better to do, yeah, yeah, I will. (laughs) And I, to be honest, I never thought it would ever happen. You well, know. it's actually the best way to be because you don't have expectations. You don't get into a place where you're desperate. Yeah. And you don't, uh, it's just sort of like, it, 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 it's neither here nor there, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't that, it would be something else. Right. You know? 
I've always had a weird kind of Jiminy Cricket in me that says, it'll be all right. Yeah. No matter what's happened to me in my life. Right. That's that voice that said, yeah, it'll be all right. That's the, that's the best you can have. Uh, yeah. It's like, uh, you, know, you know, I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll oh, be all right. And, and so, You'll be dead soon. Keep going. But that character became, was sort of a complicated, interesting character. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. I mean, I imagine as the... However, you conceived of it, or whatever you were doing, you were doing it on stage occasionally, or just for fun. No, with him. just uh, yeah, just uh, to make him laugh, right? Him sitting in a pub because it became like the the relationship between you two became interesting, and that character had you know had a, a, a sort of softness to its weirdness. Yeah, and it became sort of an endearing thing. Yeah, I mean, I think you could see me and Simon's relationship right. in, in that. You right, know? And I think we've out of every character me and him have ever played, we've both been each other's characters at different points of our lives you know? right right which and, is kind of fun and did you like what how what was the reaction to space how it was successful people right away? loved it yeah, yeah it's, people loved it and it's amazing to me in in, in britain that like you did what did you do like uh seven episodes well 14 but seven in a season right and that's it you did that two seasons yeah it's uh, just sort of like that's what you do I in britain you do it, <laughs> no i think it just i mean you you do get sitcoms that go for longer but i think at that point it just fizzled out and and Edgar was keen to do a film, and 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 Simon and Edgar, you know, wanted to do Shaun of the Dead. So we 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 were offered that option, so we went that way. And did you were you now a, a sort of an established actor to to a certain degree? Or? No, I went back to waitering after the first series of Spaced because I, you know, coming from a place where I never had money, when yeah. someone then gave me, I don't know what the figure was, someone gave me like six grand to do Spaced. It was like that that went in eight weeks right you know i just spunked it up the wall right and eight weeks later i came to literally mopping the floor at 1am in a different restaurant just kicking myself saying you fucking idiot why did you do that <laughs> but i'd never done that again you know that was my lesson in terms of financial nows you blew the money and, and what you lost your job at chiquitos i left it i burnt my bridges it was like i felt like homer simpson saying i'm never coming back i'm gonna be oh, right. you get yeah, me yeah 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 just and then after the first season or does it yeah i, I was back to waitering in a, in a place called old old orleans yeah uh and the tagline was a taste of the deep south oh boy terrible i like that you you at least went with strange uh kind of north american ethnic cuisines yeah yeah yeah, yeah. new orleans and they have mexico uh, and, yeah i'm yeah. a soul food kind of you know any place that does does gumbo <laughs> and, and jambalaya i'll, I'll be working there so you're working there and then when you got the second season did you tell them to fuck off yeah yeah <laughs> i was off yeah <laughs> and then it. it started to pick up you know i started yeah. to do little bits and pieces and, and and you know but most of it with simon or you were doing other stuff too well most of my acting was with simon and edgar at that point but i'd done other little bit you know i was doing a sketch show at one point and yeah a lot a lot of that thing where you're kind of sitting on a panel and talking about current affairs with a comedy slant you know that kind of oh you were that guy the you yeah were the, the big funny guy panel guy yeah yeah, yeah. panel show guy and, and it was fun. It was good. We did a couple of seasons of that thing, and I did some presenting, and I did a show called Danger 50,000 Volts, yeah. which I loved. We did two seasons of that, and I was essentially playing a character of... of it was a bit like Mike Watt. Uh-huh. And we did a lot of work here in the States, but it was, what if you're attacked by an alligator? Why do you get out of it? Yeah. It was that kind of thing. But it was real. It was real, right. yeah. I ended up Talk in to Florida. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of experts, a lot of ex-military... I ended up wrestling an alligator in Florida and it almost breaking my arm. Uh, I got into a boat crash in Florida and was hospitalized. And Florida's a dangerous place. I never go. I, I don't go back. No, because of those horrible Ed memories? Yeah. Edgar, he sent me a, an email a few weeks ago and on it was, uh, I don't know where it was from. It was from some, something over here. And it was every state in America 
um, and it was number one torrented film in each state. Cuban Fury was the most torrented film in Florida. And that, what, was it, what movie was that? Cuban Fury, I did a dance film like last year where I played a, a Cuban salsa champion. And it was the number one torrented film in... in the, the most highly stolen movie. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, God, I wish you'd paid. It did like a hundred grand over here in the box office. Uh, <laughs> but I was weirdly proud of it. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. You're a cult sensation. I wouldn't have to pay for another drink in Miami, in the Cuban quarter. <laughs> you you got to go down there. Yeah. What, and what was it? Was it a, an over-the-top, you know, hilarious character that you were doing? No, it was a man um, who was down on his luck. Uh, predictably, uh, you know, a bit broken. He was a champion dancer when he was 12, and then he got essentially beaten up by bullies, and he turned his back on the world of of, of Cuban salsa. Uh-huh. And then, like, 20 years down the line, he's a bit of a sad sack, and this woman, Rashida Jones, comes to work in his office, and he falls in love with her, and he finds out that she dances salsa, so he finds his old his old teacher again to try and get him to learn all the all the new moves. Did you earn? I did. I trained for seven hours a day, six days a week for seven months. And are, can you do it? I can, yeah. I, uh, that's something I'll never lose now. Do you do it for fun now? I do, yeah. I was out a few weeks ago. But now, okay, so the, the, the big movies you did with um, with Simon yeah. are you did, you did Shaun of the Dead, and then you did, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Was next one? That was a good one. I watched them. I watched them all. And I watched, uh, I had World's End. And we did Paul. Yeah, oh, I don't know if I saw that one. Uh, so with a little alien, they have to get the alien back. Oh, oh, okay. And me and him play comic book nerds. Yeah. And uh, we hire an RV and we treat ourselves by having a, we go to Area 51 to, to see what it's all about. And while we're there, we bump into an alien who has escaped from the facility and we have to drive him up to Devil's Tower. To get home? To get him home. So a little E.T. riff. Did yeah. Edgar direct that one? Uh, no, that was lovely Greg Matola, who uh-huh. did Superbad. Oh, okay. Who's a mate of ours, and he did that, which was amazing. I got to live in Santa Fe for like five months. I grew up in New Mexico. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's I lo- gorgeous. Too much amber and dream catchers for me. But, but that's uh, Santa Fe. That is Santa Fe. I grew up in Albuquerque. Uh, a lot of ex, yeah. uh, ex-astronauts wandering around and... You know, Neil Young had come uh, into town. Uh, a lot of Dave, ex, ex-everythings with money yeah. end up there. David Byrne would drift through town at some point yeah, doing yeah. acoustic sets. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. Because it's like a little it, town. It's a little town. It is. Did you go to Tia Sofia's and have the blue corn enchiladas or Pasquale's? Oh, I didn't know. A ton, yeah, tons yeah, of places. Beautiful, right? Green or red? Yeah, exactly. Christmas. That's, that's, the big, that's a big question in New Mexico. Yeah. I'm a green guy, mostly. Yeah, I am yeah. as well. Enchiladas, I'll have red. I had the slowest getaway from a club while I was in Santa Fe. Me and my wife went to this. We went to the, the like the state fair where we witnessed mutton busting, where where kids ride sheep. Oh, okay, okay. As if they're riding bulls. Right, right. Training uh, for yeah. a, 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 a horrible life. Pre-bull. <laughs> yeah, pre-bull training. Pre-bull at this point. Yeah. Uh, and then, like weirdly, we ended up in some techno club. Yeah. Uh, and a local drug dealer took offense at the fact that I like wouldn't have a drink with him and he kind of started to get a bit angry at me and he got to a point where he was like you better have a drink with me because you're just being rude now I was like to my wife let's have a drink let's have a drink uh, and like we had a drink but we sat there in stony silence like he didn't have anything but he kind of wanted to be seen in the club yeah, hanging with out you. with a Shaun of the Dead guy yeah. and so I ended up saying to my wife why don't you just go to the toilet and just walk away and go to the toilet and so she went to the toilet and I kind of <laughs> did a thing and I said I'm going to go to the loo and then we ended up kind of me and her outside yeah 
just panicking. <laughs> this guy's going to fuck us up. <laughs> and there was like uh, a rickshaw outside. Do you know right. the, the yeah, bikes? Sure. And oh, you yeah, sit yeah. in the back. Yeah, and, yeah. and I said, just get in. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and we, me and Chris got in this rickshaw. Yeah. And it was like a 19-year-old yeah. girl. Yeah. Uh, who was obviously like a, <laughs> like a ladies' soccer major or something. Right. And I said, let's just go, just go. And we made a getaway yeah. at like one, on one mile an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the guy come out? No. Oh, good. Well, well, well I that's mean, good. we were in view of the club for an hour, so <laughs> he would have seen <laughs> anyway, us. My buddy uh, Dave really liked the uh, hyperdrive. He misses oh, that. Oh, cool. He, he, I didn't know about it, but he's like, oh, it's great. I yeah. love it. Uh, How many of those did you do? We did two seasons, so 12. Yeah. It was good, man. It, I really enjoyed it. I, I, mean, I like science fiction anyway, so yeah. having to... Were you always a nerdy guy? Because you don't strike me as a nerdy guy. I was. I lived a double life. Uh, I was a jock by day. Yeah. And then at night, I'd come back and read 2000 AD and... So you all have that in common, you and Edgar and Simon. Yeah. But, you know, I think where they were lucky and fortunate is they got to embrace theirs a lot earlier than me. You know, right. I had to kind of keep mine hidden yeah you were you were, uh, you were a, a closet nerd i was a closet nerd and it was only when i met simon really that I, that became you were able to uh, embrace uh, it yeah absolutely you know and, and think about films as being a cinema you know and, right and, and and think about intertextuality and the fact that i'd heard a riff from a soundtrack in a different film you think i know what that is you know that yeah yeah that thing i'd never thought about that before i knew that what I knew how I felt, but I never knew there were words for it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because, well, Edgar's sort of a sophisticated sort. Yeah. He's a real film head. Yes. And, uh, you know, all this sort of weird genre play you guys did in uh, Spaced was, uh, so that was all sort of mind-blowing to you. Yeah. I mean, it was like, well, this is what we do at home. Yeah. This is what me and Simon do every day. Yeah. You know, I I, I used to do lots of uh, different sound effects of firearms. That was part of Mike Watts' initial kind of mo that he could kind of uh, do every firearm and so that kind of slow motion gunfight was stuff that me and simon would do anyway you know <laughs> just sitting around the house yeah I'd, I'd come in one day to Simon. i'd say um this is the flat hollow boom of a shotgun you know and right i'd wrench it up and yeah 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 in terms of making movies with Simon and Edgar, you, you're a, pr- a producer now a lot of times? Or? Yeah. I produce Cuban Fury and yeah. I produce World's End. And uh, How was that job? I mean, how did you come into that job? What does it entail, really? Um, you know, I think it's about just having that official stamp that right. you have a voice, essentially. Right. You know, I, I, I think during Shaun of the Dead and certainly not so much Hot Fuzz, but, you know, I was kind of young to all this and new to it all and... I think I, I was very aware of my place in the food chain, and even though it was the three of us making films, I was acting in those jobs, you know. But I did have a kind of voice, and they would always let me, you know, hammer hammer the script for notes, and then they 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 take those into consideration, or they don't take them, you know. Right. Uh, but then, the, obviously, the more and more we did together, the, the you know, it, it, and after hot fu- after hot fuzz, it was. And World's End was saying, I kind of was confident enough to say, I'd really like to produce this with you guys. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was cool. So you're like a guy now. You're a show business guy. Yeah, now I'm a showbiz guy. It's an amazing story. Yeah, I guess. You, you, you still don't consider it? You know, I mean, I know you only go a couple of years back and you don't look back much, but don't, you, don't, aren't there moments where you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I was thrown out of England. Yeah, well, I was asked to leave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I was kind of approached recently by a publisher to say, would you would you ever write a memoir? And so 
I, I'm not sure. I mean, I've I've sat down for five months and I've written one, and I'm like, I'm 23 and I've written 190 pages of of really? a story. Uh, so I don't think I am going to do it, but I enjoyed sitting down and doing it for myself. You know, it's kind of interesting. To, oh, right, to engage the memories, yeah, and see the journey. Yeah. What? What? Why are you apprehensive about doing it? Because of that. Well, that area that <laughs> you, know. you know i think i wanted to write the whole thing and then take out everything i wouldn't want anyone right. to know and see what would be left right see if there would be an, an amusing story there you know without the without the embarrassing birth shit yeah uh <laughs> but that's what people want they want but, the shit yeah yeah but see there's a weird thing in in our culture today is that i'm not sure people are ready for that shit you know they what they want is a story about meeting quentin tarantino or 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 me and bill hader hanging out together or people want that what they don't want is those maybe what the publishers don't want are those very interesting autobiographies of the 70s and 80s by people who lived a life and you know that's what i want to read about right but that's not necessarily right the ones who barely made it out but are now they're they're now big and old and rich enough to not care and they had an amazing life sure jesus christ you sounds like you had one that happened to you yeah still you survived and and thrived you know they uh, why of course they want that you don't think they want that no did you meet Quentin tarantino i did yeah how was that Uh, amazing (laughs) yeah i've met him a bunch of times yeah is he a fan yeah, he yeah. has a picture of me and Edgar and Simon in his in his cinema. Uh huh. When you go out for other directors and stuff, what, what are you? What, what would you like to do at this point? Okay, let's have a general meeting now. Okay, it's so nice to see you finally. Hello. Yeah, I really. <laughs> I enjoy- became that guy. Yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello, you. I enjoy your work. Thank you. Love Simon. Thank- Ed- what? Edgar was just here yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Good friends of yours. So, what do you, what do you want to do? What do you? I don't know. I'm not really bothered. <laughs> what you got? I went into a meeting years ago. Yeah. It was like the first time I'd done generals after Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. And I had a meeting with, I think it was Amblin or uh-huh. one of those guys. Was that Spielberg's old company? Yeah. yeah. It was one of those, you know, yeah. it was quite a big deal yeah. and yeah. I was terrified and it was hot and I was sweating and yeah. I turned up three minutes late and then they kept me waiting for a while to punish me. Right. And then they said, you know, you can go in and, and, and this lovely girl kind of showed me into the office. And right. There was a woman sat behind a big desk in quite a dark room, kind of lined with rich mahogany or sequoia. Uh-huh. And she did that thing where she just pointed at a chair and she She's didn't look up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she stopped after a couple of minutes and she looked at me. I mean, she really looked at me. And then her thing, <laughs> she said to me, I got three words for you. Shrek on Broadway. And she actually she put her chin on her on her fist on her fist to yeah. underline the fact she'd finished talking. Yeah, and that you know I think that says a lot about me. I was like, oh, um, uh, um. I actually remember saying to her, "What else have you got on your slate?" Like I'd heard someone say "slate" in an office. Take your head off your fist and give me some other options. Yeah, oh, right, chin fist. Take your yeah. Well, yeah, they were trying to cast that. They thought you were the guy, huh? They were well, the- I mean, I guess the criteria for that is, is he big? Right. Could no, he, can, yeah. Can he dance? Can he sing? Not that. Just no. like a, Is he fat? Yeah. yeah. Is he Shrek shaped? Yeah. And you said, uh, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for seeing me. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you, do you have some things you want to do? Well, you're like, you know, I've I've just written a I've 
I've written a kids thing uh-huh. uh, which I want to turn into a gra- graphic novel I've just met a really amazing artist called Rebecca Foster and I think she's keen to illustrate it for me and you do uh, you do a lot of voiceovers as well don't I you I do voiceovers yeah and uh, yeah I mean I just want to make good things with good people right. I've written a wrestling film Oh, that'd so be I th- good. I think we're going to try and get that off the ground. Are you a wrestling here. fan? I am a wrestling fan. I like a bit of rough and tumble, and uh, I'd like to do all the wrestling myself. So, oh, that'd be great. I need to put a cap on it in terms of. You know, I think I'm 42 <laughs> now. I think 45, and yeah, yeah, that's when you start getting spines busted. And yeah, you gotta you gotta find another guy that looks like you to take the hit. Yeah, maybe yeah. the guy who's playing Trek at the moment yeah. on Broadway. <laughs> I, I don't think it lasted long. He's probably looking for work. Yeah, they cast a guy who turned out not to be the right guy who I know. And but they already did the contract with him, so he got paid out for it. Oh, nice! But he wasn't even the dude. I think it's now probably a, so you could go and see it in Atlantic City. Sure, it's that kind it's of. It's always on Broadway yeah. in Atlantic City. Yeah, yeah. And what what did you and Simon do? What are we doing with this uh, Shaun of the Dead re uh, revisiting? Is that happening? Uh, what for the for Phineas and Ferb? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, it's a cartoon that um, I've never I've seen it a couple of times, but I know the guys and they're yeah. they're lovely. But they they've they've written us in as, as Sean and Ed for the oh. Like the Halloween uh, special. I mean, I think we're in it for like 60 seconds. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. And when you go back, where you go back to? Where are you living? I live in the south <clears throat> southwest of London, uh-huh. a place called Twickenham. Yeah. It's very beautiful. The Thames flows through it. Oh, that's nice. And it's famous for having the world's biggest uh, rugby stadium. Uh, and it's twi- the headquarters of English rugby. And so like 16 times a year, we have 100,000 lunatics descend on our small town to go and watch rugby do you go i don't i get a lot of hassle from from being in the films that i've done i get i get you know oh, you can't get through the crowd no uh, i mean literally everywhere i go people stop me and want photos and, and isn't that weird it's like the new autograph autographs i think were even more daunting photos it's, it's almost too easy because they can just sort of like, to them you just they we're just holding you and then they, yeah yeah do you do it yeah, yeah, I'm always lovely. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm chuffed to bits, really. I'm th- I'm thrilled that someone would give a shit that I'd done anything that would mean that they would want to follow. Do you? Are you upset though that you can't go to the rugby games? Not really. I mean, I've always had. I think this comes from being a kid and trying to get into those thick-fisted Irish bars and seeing all the fucking hassle between groups of massive, uh, massive groups of men. That yeah. it put me off being with massive groups of men. Yeah, I can't deal with this. I'm not a fan of that at all. I'd rather just be a few of us and yeah. You know, even stag nights bo- bother me. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I'd yeah. rather be with. I'm a gu- I'm a girl man. I like hanging out with girls. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's I like girls. I'm good with girls. I just like one or two people. Yeah. yeah once there's three, it's like, who's that guy? Yeah. Where you you should go. Yeah. <laughs> you too should- many. I didn't make enough for you. Yeah. Party's full. <laughs> just me and these <laughs> other two fellas. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was great talking to you, Nick. Hey, listen. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, so. So now, well, Simon's in Morocco. Yeah, texting you. Yeah, <laughs> from what you, from the yeah, from what? the uh, the quail quarter. <laughs> what was the last thing he said to you? Uh, I just had a hawk on me, or something like that. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you get that a lot? Does he send pictures and stuff? Oh, we send so much shit to one another. That's you know, sweet. Right, he's a great guy. I'm glad you got good friends. Yeah, and you've done great things. Thanks, man. Thank you. Well, that's it. Wait, I love talking to that guy. What a funny guy. Nice guy. Happy for his success. Look, folks, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTFPod needs. Get some merch. Pick up the app if you don't have it. 
Uh, we've got about 500 and God knows how many episodes. The most recent 50, always free. All episodes free for up to six months. Then you got to get the premium app. So you download the free one, upgrade to premium for a few bucks, and you can stream all of them. Going to re, uh, restock the merch for Christmas. I should probably make a new shirt or something. Something. Oh, did I mention that Fences wore uh, his own handcrafted Boomer Live shirts on the... Uh, on uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. That was exciting. I guess I should talk to that guy at some point. I have to get into what he does. It's not that I'm not interested in things. It's a lot of times I just don't make time for them. Um, I guess that would be sort of similar to not being interested. Would it not? Yes, it would. working on it I'm telling you man gonna go into music yeah because there's always room for a you know 50 year old mediocre blues player big market boomer lives <laughs> 